What's going on, everybody? This is The Hype, episode 295. No Doug yet. Doug will be here a little later with a uh, fun little pre-tape segment we did with Joe Staley. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's me, it's Dan, it's C-Rad. What's going on, guys? A uh, lot of new releases to talk about, but the bulk of today's episode is going to be our conversation with Joe Staley. You know, Joe joined us officially a few months ago. We haven't really had a chance to sit down with him, talk about how he got into this hobby, uh, his some of his favorite memories of being in the 49ers. So we decided let's sit down and have a mojo session with Joe. That's going to be coming up here shortly. But before we get to that, uh, I have to talk about, before we get even to trading cards here, did you guys see Shohei Otani last night? Uh, or two ten, nights ago, if you're listening to this. Ten strikeouts and two home runs? Yeah. Ten strikeouts, two Just home. another day at the office. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's just day. That's like game regular for him. Yeah, this I is mean, this not, is normal. It, I, that's why, like, I'm not real surprised. It's just kind of whatever. It, it, it's okay. I mean, he would have been better if he would have hit four home runs and maybe is, twenty strikeouts. And this is the part that <laughs> dawned on me. It's like it's it's starting to scare me now. I'm like, are we numb to how impressive this guy is now? Like, I looked at so I I decided like. Oh, he's got 28 home runs. He's leading baseball again in yeah, home yeah. runs. So I had to look through 306 at-bats in 2021, the year he won the MVP, the quote-unquote greatest season a baseball player's ever had. He had uh, 278 batting average, 362 on base, 690 slugging, 33 home runs, 65 runs. Through 306 at-bats this year, 304 batting average, 386 on base, 654 slugging, 28 home runs, 55 runs, and then, oh, yeah, through 16 games pitching, uh, 3.02 ERA, 127 strikeouts through 16 games pitching 2021, 2.93 ERA, 106 <clears throat> strikeouts. So he's going to win the MVP again as well. He's going to do it again. But could he possibly, I mean, he, but he should also probably win the Cy Young. I mean, so it's could possible. He, so could he get the Cy Young, the MVP, just everything? Like, could we just say that he is maybe the greatest player ever to do it? Uh, we, I, I mean, I think we have entered that discussion now. We are now entering the is Shohei the best player we have ever seen discussion. Uh, he certainly well, there's been no other player that's done anything that he's like not even close. No, no. And in terms of like stop and watch, it, the last time this happened was Barry Bonds, like, who was the greatest player cool, I had ever like seen. Ronald Acuna. You're <clears throat> great. You're a great ball player. He's fantastic this year. But, your pitching is terrible. Yeah, well, yeah it's really bad. <laughs> really bad on the mound. Can't be relied. I can't give you seven strong I like mean, Shohei can. Otani can do everything, man. I, I don't. But I do think we take it for granted. I yeah. Think, I think we're like, oh, well, it's just, again, like, think about if there was another player that had that stat line from a couple nights ago. People would be like, Ellie De La Cruz. Let's say that he was like, hey, the Reds need a starter. <laughs> He went out there and he had 10 strikeouts and he probably went seven strong. Like the hobby industry would, would stop and would flip out. Yeah. To have o two guys who can do that but simultaneously. Otani, but Otani does. And it's like, oh, well, it's just another day at the office. Yeah. But if Ellie De La Cruz did it, the world would stop and everybody would be talking about it. Well, I mean, uh, rightfully so. Ellie, uh, fantastic run by him. Player of the week. 
yeah. a week ago <laughs> alongside Luis Roberts. He's Robert. no Otani. No Otani. But he's no Otani. Not <laughs> even. He isn't. He's not even close. Yeah. That's a terrible pitcher. That's the thing. Is it's yeah. <laughs> we're, we're almost numb to it, and yet he's probably going to make. Now I saw some industry estimates where they're like, oh, 500 million, 550 million, like. Yeah, no, not even close. You like go higher and keep going. Just higher. give him the franchise he signs with. Yeah, you're I, like this is your. We're gonna give you like come here, Giants. Like you, Otani, you now own the Giants. We've we've. <laughs> I, I feel the, like the San Francisco I mean, I'm show haze. I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> I feel like I might have brought it up on an episode, but especially now after the messy deal, that is what the Shohei deal has to be. It has to be that level of A insane. Billion? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. We've never run into this before. Never. I really I really don't think people talk about Shohei enough. They don't. For they what don't. he does, he just doesn't get enough credit. And I, he he's just he's a little too <clears throat> humble for what he does. A little bit. I mean, he's got, but you know what, though? He always is doing something that girls, at least in the baseball world, that goes viral where he does something funny on the mound or he does a yeah, little funny thing. Yeah, but he needs to have press right. conferences and being like, I'm, I'm the best. I, like, he needs to be like the Will Ferrell in Talladega Nights. <laughs> I'm essentially the best there ever is, ever was, right. and ever will be. <laughs> Man. I feel like if Shohei maybe wasn't, maybe was a, um, Maybe American player, he could possibly pull it off. But as a Japanese player, probably not. He can't do that. I don't think culturally, I don't think um, no Japanese player would probably ever do that. Yeah, that might be. Uh, and uh, look, and also the Angels need to finally make the playoffs. There, that that's part of it too. Like if he was on the Yankees, it would be the only thing we talk about. We wouldn't. We would so not stop. Talking hypothetical about question: Like, like you said, if he was on the Yankees, we would absolutely be talking about him all day. And I agree. I mean, we're what, about, what, about, what about if he's on like a like? What if he is on a, a just not a team, not the Angels, the a team that's winning? Ooh, what geez. about Shohei Otani as a Colorado? First, off, I mean, first he, of all, he's he, he'd eighty have, home he'd runs. Have, he'd have a hundred home runs already, <laughs> right? So we be so we would be talking about it. That is, but, that is the one outlier but right my, there. My issue, and this sucks. This sucks. I mean, the Angels. You could make an argument have the two best players in baseball, right? And, and they were like, to show for it. they may squeak into the playoffs. That's like what, like the the ceiling is like. They may be able to get into the wild card. And it's weird because this is the year where if they're going to take that division, Just, Houston right now they're like right there with Houston. Texas though, all of a sudden, is the best team in that division. That rest, the rest of the clubhouse, they need to, they should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, they need to. Get, they should look around and go like, wow. <laughs> they need to get both those guys. In we need to be a little bit better than we are right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I just had to, I just had to throw it out there. I'm, I cannot believe he's doing it again. And whatever he gets this off season, it simply isn't enough. Unless you're like, here's 5% ownership stake in the team. Plus, you know, $700 million. It's like the, it's like the, it's like the, it's like the angels are like having, Jordan and LeBron James on the same team, mm -hmm. but like getting <laughs> like getting in the eight seed, just barely <laughs> barely getting in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. like being like ten <clears throat> games below five hundred. Like, how does that happen? Different sports. You can't, you can't have two. I mean, look, there's we saw a lot of Giants. Look, I equated to the Giants too because it's what I know best. But like, we saw a lot of Giants teams where Barry Bonds 
was doing incredible stuff, and they didn't make the playoffs every was, year. He was the like one player. True. They didn't have two Barry Bonds. No, they would they have didn't. two Barry Bonds. They would have won at least one championship. Well, yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say Jeff Kent, but Jeff Kent, like Kent. even at that time, he won an MVP. Wasn't he's not Trout? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare him to like Mike Trout. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So uh, I, I am in a weird way like rooting for them. I always say it. I'm rooting for them to make the playoffs. This oh, point, it's the, been long enough. Angels, 2002 was long enough ago. The Angels are I, being a Rams fan. Majority of the Rams fans are actually Angels fans. Really? Well, I guess that stems back what? Back because yeah, they, they they played they played in Orange County, yeah. Anaheim Stadium. They shared a stadium with them. So, yeah. All right. Go Angels. Go Halos. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Rally Monkey, but no. Um, bad. Bad. Bad, bad Monkey. Bad Rally Monkey. Bad Monkey. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to talking a little bit about training cars before we go to the interview with Joe Staley. Uh, I want to. I have a question about yes. the Joe Staley interview. Yes. Is he going to talk about his love and passion for Rams and Raiders football? Zero chance. Oh, as z- negative zero I, chance. I swear, I've had possible. conversations with him, and he's been like, you know, I really <laughs> love the Rams. <laughs> you and know, I, I think Conrad's heard. He's like. Man, I heard he's a big Raider fan. I heard, well. I heard him and uh, uh, Whitworth are, are buddies, big Absolute. time buddies. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be a big friend of Big Wit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard Joe say that he would have loved to one day, if he could, if, pick. if he could, put on that black and silver. If he could pick but. one team to go out there and play for. I think Raider Nation. Yeah, well, he man. said he looks good in black and silver, and mm. I, I can't disagree. Man. Love to hang out in black hole. I, I, if Joe, if you're listening, I, I am not a part of this. I did not plan this out. Uh, hey, I sat through that interview and I said pretty much nothing. So this is the closest thing that I can come in and and give the listeners because it was a lot of like. Oh yes, that's all. Lot, there was a lot of like, <clears throat> a lot of reminiscing. I mean, it was it was a Niner podcast. Let's be honest. There was look. There was a lot of hobby talk at there the beginning, a, okay, and people nine, will hear it. They're going to hear it here in a few minutes. Niner podcast with a little bit, like, hobby talk sprinkled in. Yes. And, well, some good Niner stuff. Well, there was good yeah, Niner yeah, stuff. We were going through that coaching staff. I mean, it was – we were living it. I felt like I was I was in there. Well, uh, that'll be coming up here shortly, so enjoy yeah, I'm that. I'm looking some forward great, to it. Some great stories, uh, stuff, we, that, stuff that, that we have not heard about. Uh, if you're a big Niner fan or just in, in general, just – Want to hear some inside the NFL stuff, some good stuff. Uh, but like we were saying, uh, new releases coming out this week. Uh, here, let me just run down the big ones. 2022-23 Select Basketball, 2022 Chronicles Football, 22-23 Immaculate Soccer, 22-23, what we got? Uh, upper Deck Synergy Hockey, 22 Upper Deck Goodwin Champions, 22-23 Bowman University Basketball, best, best, whatever, Bowman's best university basketball. Uh, what else am I missing? 2022 Panini 1, maybe, is that coming out this there's week? There's a UEFA? There's a, yes, I believe there's, that's there's the... There's a Chrome... Yeah. And there's an MLS high-end product as well. That is correct. There's also an MLS... It, is is Panini one coming out? Is I that mean, it's on, Friday, it's yeah. on the schedule for Friday. Yeah. Wow. Um, I a lot. I actually don't think there is enough. I think we can double that number. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think today we have twenty five breaks scheduled. It's been a busy day. 
It's been a very busy day around these parts. It's been a busy day. Uh, Of those products, um, feels like Select Basketball, maybe the, well, I don't know. It's, there's, there's a lot of big names here. I guess Select Basketball jumps off the page to me as like the, the most anticipated of all of those, right? Yeah. Uh, any in particular that we're most excited to rip or th- the best one here, C-Red? Um, obviously, the soccer stuff is kind of uh, interesting because we're getting three of them. We're getting a UEFA product. We're getting a product that mixes uh, you know, FIFA and, and, and Premier League and all the Premier Leagues and stuff from Panini with Immaculate. And then we got the high-end MLS product, which is like a two-hit, kind of almost Sterling-type product for uh, MLS and we just got done talking about MLS these last what three weeks now so um, I don't know maybe maybe now is the time to jump on that MLS stuff because with uh, the hype of uh, Messi coming into that league um, maybe a lot of the better young players in the MLS right now they'll start to get more shine in, in sports in general and you know for I think it's a $180 a box for two basically two encased hits I believe so I don't know my, it might be time that 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 that's what that's what's interesting to me. Obviously, Panini one I feel is like the biggest, pro, probably gonna be the biggest product of the week. That always some there's always some beautiful cars that come out of there. Select basketball is always a staple, of course. Um, and they 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 haven't really changed as much in, in like in terms of different levels like football did this year with the uh, suite level. So, I mean, it looks to be another nice set with some pretty cool inserts. Yeah, I'm looking also at Panini One Football just to see if there's anything anything new. new Surge. Surge. That's the big one. It's great, great, great soda I was from back in the day. I knew it was coming. Um, Loved Surge. Yeah, I mean, it was. It had Mountain Dew vibes. It but did. It, but it was better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Mountain Dew, but Surge was good. Yeah, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew I'll take it over, but also, unfortunately. Sur- the Surge vibes ends at the name. Doesn't look like Surge Soda. Uh, that would have been cool, but, you know, I'm sure there's some rights with Coca-Cola Company or whatever. That's right. Coca-Cola. I believe they I, own Surge it. is still... Comes up every... Like, it, like, everyone, pops up every once in a while. Every once it's in like a while. the McRib of sodas. Every once in a while. It's just Nothing hiding. better. Well-balanced lunch. A McRib a and McRib a can and a, of Surge. A McRib and a Surge. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's where the vibes end uh it's it's like a splatter painting i kind of like it, it uh, if you guys have had a chance to look at that short print um no it looks yeah. cool yeah i the think it looks cool <laughs> but not but you know not the soda the soda looks delicious missed opportunity <laughs> big big missed opportunity wasn't uh Am I wrong? Panini one uh, basketball had downtown, or the, what is it? I guess. Whoa, bro. Sorry, sorry. One, one and one. One and one. one. Apologies, one. apologies. I know it's one and one. one they one. have down. They would have downtowns. Downtowns and that were not. No, there's no downtowns here in Panini one football. That would have absolutely been. not no. because they got downtowns and three other it's products. That's right. Football. It's Too many. One, it's only one card. So they had to have something to differentiate it. So surge. Now you're on the you're on the board. It's it's obviously a super short print. Mind you, and you yep. and you just said it. Panini one is one card, and so it's always been a hit. How would you feel just getting that one super short print insert in a box, mm. in a five hundred dollar box? I of want Panini my one. I want my ink. I'm gonna. I'd be. I. I. I oh man. I, uh, no. I want no. my. I want my autograph. Yeah, that's that's the one caveat. I was. I, I was like, damn. Like it looks nice, and it's obviously gonna go command a premium for the better players, but. 
it replaces literally an autograph. Yeah, I don't love that. I don't well, love that. So there are only 15. Here's the checklist. <clears throat> Mahomes, Brady, Herbert, Allen, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Barry Sanders, Randy Moss, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Kenny Pickett, Aiden Hutchison, Drake London, Chris Olave, Brees Hall. Mm. So super, super short list of, of subjects. So I, I, I wouldn't mind any of those except maybe some of those rookie receivers and yeah. running backs. That would be I, tough. I, I would not... Yeah. Now they probably they probably look cool though. Yeah, I mean, I like I said the cool. It's a cool looking card. Uh, you know, so I, I I'm sure it'll do well out the gate. I believe if the shipping department was voting which product they would like the most this year, <laughs> Panini this week, it would definitely be Panini one. Most yeah. definitely, <laughs> most definitely. Uh, may, uh, hey, Goodwin's is back. Uh, Goodwin I know, is back. Uh, we saw. <clears throat> I think C Rad put it up in our Slack. Uh, no, the, we don't need to talk about that. Well, okay, fair enough. We won't talk about it then. Products alive. The products alive and well. <laughs> products alive. Products alive and it's well. Alive. It's just one of them. It's just, just one. one. It's just one. It's, it's a really cool one. card. It's one of the cards. There's a lot of great hits in that product yeah. still. Um, yeah. But no, like seriously, uh, I want to touch real quick again uh, the fact that we don't too often get three soccer products from both manufacturers on the same week kind of crazy and and it's kind of like they're they're all covering all different markets right so it's interesting i'm I'm like very curious to see which product soccer collectors actually prefer out of the three i like that that mls angle you had though that maybe this is the first one to take advantage of the messy hype uh which i believe all road games for inter miami are now sold out right now so like it's not like obviously messi is not in this no he's not in it Tops must have had, like they've had they had some t- type of foresight because they created this they probably solicited this product like a, a year ago maybe it's it's literally a high end MLS product uh, yeah I well, if you think I, about I it don't, why would they make a high I mean there's no I don't know when there's been a solicitation for it and honestly this is news to me. Yeah. Like we're breaking new. I'm finding out about this product it's, right it's now. Like, it's called a what is it called? Um, MLS reconnaissance. I gotta or? look it up. I gotta I look know. it up. Do we have any coming? Is yeah, Rena- Renaissance, Renaissance 2022 Tops Renaissance it's a MLS. Product. Yeah, I don't know when this was solicited. I don't. <clears throat> I don't. And I we're mean, looking at there's cut autos in here as well of iconic. Rate. So there are going to cut be cut autos. Yeah, cut autos. In the MLS? In the MLS. Of who? Uh, we've got, let's, here you go, cuts from the pitch. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, look, and there's going to be people who are oh, soccer yeah, collectors in the, the names. Just, 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 just go for it. Well, okay, George okay. Best. That's a name I know. That's a big one. George Best. From the MLS? No, just a <laughs> soccer legend. <laughs> I don't know. He might have been in the MLS at some point. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, like, guys. We, these can't be cut autographs of players who were in the MLS. Well, there's all, fr- uh, Ferenc, hasn't been around that long. Frank Puskas, Gary Speed, John Charles, Mark Vivian Foe, and Phil O'Donnell. Those are mm. cool. autos. Uh, yeah. I, I'm i assuming they're just soccer legends, probably. Right. And Tops decided to just put them in to, to sprinkle it, cool. juice it up the MLS cool. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I <clears throat> don't know a lot about soccer. Don't know a lot about it. the history of soccer. I have no idea who those players were that you just mentioned. So there, I mean, look, MLS has had. That's what I thought. Maybe they would pull from this. There is 
big names throughout the history of MLS. Like I'm sure there's some young, exciting players that yeah. we don't even know. That's sure. Not, not even I, no, yeah. Radar. I mean, there, there's collectability in the MLS for sure. I think it's I think it's a market that is even without the Messi news. I felt it was undervalued for what you get um, because there's a lot of those players that. They may start in the MLS and they go and they play in other leagues, Premier League, stuff like that. Or they end up playing in the World Cup. There was a fair amount of like players who were playing in the MLS who were playing for their country yeah. in, the, in the World Cup. Yeah. Plenty of guys on Team USA who are MLS guys, not across, you know, not in Europe. Uh, so there's, there's a market. And I think also it is like planting your flag now like hey here's the high-end mls product and a year from now guess who's gonna be in it it's gonna be the guy we all are chasing so now you know here's what it's gonna look like um so you know kind of just you know like i said planting that flag about a year ahead of time so that's definitely something to look at uh and again guys if you want to go and get breaks of these products get get into breaks of these products maybe maybe there you go ducks and dances maybe <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know if we have any. Well, <laughs> but of yeah, all the but other products yeah, we I talked mean, about. You can check it out. Let me know. <laughs> uh, for most of these products, we'll keep you updated on Tops Renaissance. Uh, but for sure, Chronicles, Select, uh, Goodwin, yeah. all those, you definitely we can got find. It. We got it. We got everything. We yeah. got everything except for that MLS yeah. Renaissance. Not sure about that. Maybe. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. They, and the listeners will be the first to know. And if you do, go to mojobreak.com. That's where you can find it. That's, that's where you if can it's find it. If we have it, it'll be there. There you go. That's where it will be. That's, <laughs> that's where they go. <laughs> that's where they go. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, we hand it over to Doug and, and Dan as well. Uh, yeah, you're there. And I'm there, too. Yeah, you're there. I was there, too. I was there. trying to grill Joe, Joe, Joe on some Joe questions. Joe was in this seat. I was yep. over there. Doug was there. You were over there. That's right. We, That's right. Should, we should promote the, uh, the, the NSCC party again, right? Oh, yeah. you better believe we do. Spots are filling up. They are. Uh, man, I mean, first of all, shout out to everybody because it's been mostly the listeners of this end podcast. Up on, they're going to end up on start. StubHub. That's right. I mean, we're going to be hawking gonna, them. We're going to be scalping them over on, here. On the streets. <laughs> That's like, right. Outside the nest. There's going right, to be right guys on, out in the front, right. like, looking for tickets. You know, you know you made it if there's somebody out in front of the National holding up, like, need tickets. Need tickets to the Mojo Break <laughs> Party. Need tickets to the Mojo Break Party. Yeah. You know we'll make it. So shout out to, hey, to uh, again, our listeners were the first ones to fill this up, uh, to get in on this, and it's filling up fast. So thank you guys for uh, for doing that. And there are still spots available if you guys want to get to the party. The Eventbrite, pra- the Eventbrite page, easy for me to say, is now public. If you go to any of our social medias, you can find it. Uh, of course, if you can't find it, just go to Eventbrite and now go and search Mojo Break, and you should be able to po- find it. It should pop up. But again, it's all over our social medias now. Tickets are limited, so get in while you can going to be incredible stuff we're going to have some special guest appearances we're going to have the karaoke party we're going to have giveaways it's going to be a blast you do not want to miss it if you're coming to the national in rosemont check it out and rsvp today and with that let's throw it over to mojo sessions with joe staley what's up everybody this is joe staley i'm here with doug here with dan and today's guest is myself i'm in the hot seat and i cannot wait i am going to get into my love for the hobby i'm going to get into my love for 
these two guys, and also they're gonna grill me about everything, anything, 49ers and NFL and about me. So cannot wait to see what these guys come up with as far as actual questions. And um, you got the Rockstar Energy, you got the Sugar Free, ready. you guys ready to go? I'm ready to and go. I know you're juiced up, I'm, so I'm ready to go. It. I didn't get, when I got introduced by Joe, I didn't get my last name. No, you introduced yourself with your last name. Yeah, so. Anderson, there you go. Wow. Doug you, want, Doug, Doug, you want your last name? Kasky. There we go. No, well, I mean, you could find, you could easily find Doug now. You know, you can just get stocked. Like me, I'm dime a dozen. I there's welcome a, there's a million. Anderson, there's a billion there's a, guys that's out like, there. So I'm like, let let it go. Let everybody know. It's like John Smith. And yeah. then, but Doug Kasky. Uh-oh. I mean, that's a very specific name. There's actually a few Doug Kaskys out there. So it might not be me you're looking for. There's a guy on a wine board in Colorado. A wine board? <laughs> yeah. You actually know. <laughs> Googled my name. You've Googled your name and you saw, were you the first guy that came up? Uh, I'd like to think so, yes, Joe. No, I, I mean, that's an actual guy. real question. No. You Googled your name. Were you the first guy that came no, up? No, that guy came up. So that's why it's, it's, bur- it's ingrained <laughs> in my brain. I got to take him yeah. down. Actually, do that right now. Google your name. Dude, if I Google my name in, in, in Are what, you the like, first guy that came up? Absolutely not. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, I don't know what that feels like because I for sure am the first guy that comes up. No, the former my Giants catcher came up when I did it. No, <laughs> I am so important. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there, you know how many Dan Andersons there are just in San Jose? Tell me. Hundreds. Probably hundreds. I guess 37. Hundreds. You think? Hundreds. You think 100 Dan Andersons in uh, San Jose? Uh, 100%. Well, then what you should really? do... I would guess 37. ...is just be dedicated That's to the my... craft and change your last name to Mojo Break. Then you'll be the only Daniel Mojo Break. No, that... Actually, that is a job for Shane, actually. I think we can convince him to do that. Do you just want to distance yourself from Shane? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll take that. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Makes sense. So we're talking hobby, Joe. Yep. What are some of the things in the hobby that you hate? Oh, that I hate. Yep. Ooh. Um, we're going. We're starting we negative starting right now. We're yeah. starting. Boom. We're boom, starting hot. negative. I like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't say redemptions. Well, things that I hate. I would say. I mean, a little. The lack of offensive I would say this. You know, I got into this as most kids did in the '90s in the junk wax era. I was obsessed with sports cards. Obsessed with collecting. Spent every single dime that I had um, from my allowance from you know, my mom and all that stuff. How much was your allowance per week? A dollar a week. Dollar? Yeah, I got a dollar wow. a week. Wow. Dude, Did, you can, uh, get, like, you can get a couple packs. I, I got was, 10 and I thought I was getting Well, tipped. I had to save up. So that was like, it was special when I got packs. So I could never afford like the actual, you know, top of the line stuff. <laughs> no, I could. Back in the day, <laughs> they were a dollar packs. Yeah, 90, 93, but 94, I would say the I hate now, especially, I mean, in the last few years, so I'm a huge fan of Bowman Prism. I love ripping all those products every single year. And I've noticed in the last few years that they become like, I don't want to say watered down, but it's mm-hmm. just like there's so many parallels, so many different things to chase where when I first started getting back into it, probably back in like 2010, it was like, you know, you get blue and orange and red and you chase super fractors, but the first autos in Bowman were a thing. You mm-hmm. know, it was it was fun to hit that and hit a guy that was awesome. And now it's just like every single box has, you know, they have to hit like 
two or three autos and you're getting 97 different parallels um I don't like that. You know, it's just like it takes away kind of like the enjoyment for me. And I've actually kind of gone away from opening so many different boxes. And, you know, I used to rip cases of that stuff just because it was enjoyment. And um, and now I'm not because it's like that, that enjoyment value that I had early in 2010 on is, is kind of gone. So. Yeah, and it's the Kool-Aid analogy, right? You you could only you can make your Kool-Aid really sugary and flavorful, but if you have a hundred more people to give Kool-Aid with, you got to put more water in it, right? That was, I mean, I, that, didn't, know I, mean, I didn't know where you were going with that, but you brought it home. You, you brought it home. You water it down <laughs> to to feed the masses. You just add more water. You add more water, you which add is more water. the lavas and it's the, what keep, you know, I mean, all those, It's what keeps us all yeah. alive, though. Yeah, but right. But is the hobby alive? Man, it yeah, no, it's definitely alive. I mean, it's, it's I think better than ever. I think more people are actually into it. I think um, there's more people that are interested in it. But for me, what I look at is like, and I think there's guys that you know, it was a lifelong not obsession, but it was a lifelong hobby for me. And I would say in the last two years, it become. I definitely feel it's a business, a thousand percent. Right. Which for me takes away some of the enjoyment value of like. I just like collecting. I like opening boxes. I just like, you know, having this chase of, you know, collecting my favorite athletes in whatever sport they are, um, going for the going for the hits. But now it's just, I would say, much more of a, a hobby. It's lost the hobby feel and it's become much more of a business. But to answer your question, yes, it is alive as yeah. As I mean, out, yeah, you know? it's it's definitely been 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 growing ever since you know. 2020 was like the big jumping off point and i mean you you want to counter act uh, the water downness to but when you get that hit it is harder to hit and it should go for more right so but, i mean watering it down and making more parallels is a direct connection to growing the hobby the bigger it gets the more demand there is the more supply you have to make you got to make more parallels you got to expand the checklist um, that's why I said with Bowman specifically, wouldn't it be cool? They come out with different versions of Bowman. You have the HTA, the Bowman Chrome, where you only have autographs, no base cards. What if they actually had a Bowman release where they go back to the original colors? There is no shimmer. There is no speckle. There is none of that stuff. It's basically red, regular, orange, regular, I like it. gold, it's going to be more expensive. It's kind of Kool-Aid I want to drink, Dan. Well, I mean, it's just what I'm out here. I'm just making I'm making things happen right now. Yeah. Yeah, you like that? You like I that? Do. Is that is that a Bowman that you want to get behind? Um, well, yeah, that, I mean, but that's the thing, though. It's an exclusive price point. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, it'll be pricier. I and just, only like 36 subjects like it used to be, like the trout year. Yeah, that's I it. mean, like, so think about what Bowman costs right now. 600 bucks a jumbo box multiply that by seven or eight if we're gonna do that right yeah that's what sucks that basically prices a ton of people out right yeah that's what that's i mean to get back to your original question like that's what i would say concerns me most about the hobby that i fell in love with in the 90s that it was a thing that was a hobby yeah and it was um it's becoming much more of a business and Obviously, I mean, people have to make money. It's like the dollar drives everything, it seems, um, mm -hmm. in the world now. But 
there's an opportunity to make money. You got to do it. You got to create the demand. You got to create the supply. You got to do all. I understand all that stuff, but it was like I miss the feeling of the '90s, 2000s when it was just like you go to your local card card store and there were four or five people in there, and it was like, hey, this is cool. Yeah, this is this this belongs to us. You know, you go to the the, the card shows and. I'd, I'd miss that feeling and I feel like they're getting away from what made that really cool for the guys that like just like collecting you know I don't sell my stuff right like I've never sold I've maybe sold like probably I would say four or five cards in my life and like I'm not in it to make money I just have a collection and it's personal and it's fun it's something that gives me enjoyment and I think that the hobby is kind of losing that appeal while they're trying to make a buck. Well, the follow-up to that, you know, Michael Rubin, um, about a year ago when he first got back in, you know, buying companies and getting involved in the hobby, said that this industry has not been marketed for the last seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what you're saying is... I don't think it's been marketed ever. But you're talking about grassroots, right? That's marketing itself, right? That's just you telling a friend who's telling a friend who's telling a friend, and that's how the hobby seems to work. Um what do you think Michael Rubin means by that? And what do you think like could be marketed better right now in the hobby? Well, I think that if you're looking at that, I mean, that, that's exactly what we were kind of just talking about. It's just like, it's a business and he looks at it as a business. And if you look at any of the successful companies that have been built over the last five, six, seven years, it's all some sort of marketing ploy, you know, pushing it out there to the consumers creating the demand, um, shortchanging supply, and it's gonna be a way to kind of drive up prices and revenue and all that stuff. So it all just comes back to how can you make money? Um, but for people that have just always been into it, that you've already like enjoyed it, got into it, I don't, I don't like that. You know, I don't like it becoming a consumer, driven i don't know product you know i i enjoyed the the i enjoyed the whole entire like just hobby of like the actual thing i don't know if that makes sense i'm not it does i don't know i don't know where to go with that but like well and i have i have a you know you've been around business owners team owners can somebody who's a team owner and a business owner be looked as part of the kid, the cool kids club amongst people that are like involved in something like that. Um, I mean, just from my personal experience with, you know, team ownership and yeah, like you said, different ownerships of different companies, it's definitely a a separation. Um, I think that there's the high level people like when I was playing, I played for a certain amount of years and it's, it's like you finally had access to the team owners and the ownership and, you've been around and you have certain notoriety, then you will get access to that. And so I think for the people that are, you know, the, the big level breakers, the, the communities, they'll have access. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll feel important and they'll make sure that they feel important. Um, but for the general consumer, um, definitely will not be a part of that. I and feel like, yeah, I nobody really wants to see a rich guy get richer, right? But I think, I, I mean, think it's if, actually, it's on like the bigger shops, the bigger online retailers, the bigger group breakers to make, it's a trickle down effect to make their customers Mm -hmm. feel like they're included, make their customers feel like they have a seat at the table. They may not have a direct seat, 
but you're basically representing your customer base, your community. Yeah, I mean, you would, and you would like to think that. I mean, I think that's just like in anything that you do, I mean, any kind of successful business, and whether it's sports, you know, I definitely felt like as I got older and had the ear of Jed York and had the ear of the, the offensive you know, coordinator and the head coach or whatever for whatever team I was, you know, coaching staff I was under, as a leader and a guy that was older, like I had that responsibility to the to younger guys, to mm-hmm. the offensive line room. And it's the same thing here. It's like, you know, in the hobby of, you know, sports car collecting and collectibles, yeah, the bigger, 100%, like what you just said is exactly true. It's like the the responsibility then falls on to, um, you know, the card stores, the the big breakers, yeah. the, you know, everything that you have but, to, to yeah. make the, those, the consumer actually feel important. But yeah. but then again, it's like, how does that get fil- filtered through? Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, I think that's, I think that's something that's a constant struggle with everybody, right? With everybody in this industry. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always a struggle. When we first started, um, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago now, feels like at least, um, 1972, 1972. Great, yeah. It was, great year. I remember it like it was yesterday. You were 20 years old. <laughs> I, I was, I was negative. You were for sure. I, for sure. 15. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, you have great hair, but it's also gray. I, dude, I've had gray hair since I was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, it's tough. Surprise me at all. I got bad genes. Yeah, you do. It's basically, and, and more it. than more than one way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm also. He still wears Jenkos. I mean, that's that's what it is. I'm, I'm huh? Coming back. You said bad genes. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> but, coming back. Um, but no, it's it's what, what I was trying to get to is that. You know, there's always been a struggle with the hobby not being for profit, right? So, like, even when we started, it's like you guys are profiting off well, yeah, of you're, what you you're do. You're basically you're selling yeah. you're selling a case, and you're profiting on that. That's not right. It's always been that, like, and that that mentality, be, when the industry is completely blown up in the last like four or five years, has pretty much gone away. Yeah. Now it's yeah, well, now it, now it's like socially acceptable. In this industry, to get to make, your bag, to, to to yeah, whatever whatever catchphrase you want to put in there, uh, to make money, which I would say to that though, like it feels a little bit the hobby. It feels a little bit like it's going down the. I don't know why we're going down this trajectory right now, but it's <laughs> yeah, like, we. It feels a little bit like it's going down the tra- tra- trajectory. There we go. Of some like crypto. close. Of, what? Know, of like crypto Uh-oh. and mm. NFT mm. and yeah. you know, kind of like a, hey, this is a, um, or, or sneakers, you know, mm. it's like, hey, I'm investing in something I can hold and I can drive the price up and I can make a profit off of it. And I don't think from the core of what the guys like you guys, you know, when you guys, you guys got into it, it wasn't that, no. you know, and I think no. the essence can never the essence of what the hobby and the collectibles and sports card collecting or you know, memorabilia and all that stuff, like I don't think that you can lose that because you will lose the base of what the, the foundation is. The enjoyment, you know? the enjoyment and the passion has to be there, right? Yeah, you yeah your, your number doing. one motivation cannot be. You can make be, money, but you it, can't it, but, lose but that can't, what That can't be your number one motivation. Your, yeah. mo- your number one motivation. And there's people who've got into this industry mm. recently where you can tell like their number one motivation is money and yeah. that's fine and but, they're out but they're you out know, you, as, fa- as fast like as they come there. in as fast as they come in they go out yeah um i mean we've been doing this for 13 years when we first started definitely wasn't about 
making money. It was about seeing if we could build something where it can be financially stable, but it wasn't about like securing the bag. That wasn't even a phrase back then in the old, in the I old think of another Look word for that now, man secured the bag i mean like, like you gotta, you gotta i mean that right there that that <laughs> is an eight, a bat signed by shohei that is an eight by ten of sean kemp right there i mean i mean that's hard to get it's hard are you breaking out the cards i was gonna yeah. i was thinking about it all right yeah uh, be, one? Be, one before you do that doug because i was told there'd be hard-hitting questions i so. know actually i think i think this pod this podcast like got super serious and we're talking about everything we dislike and it got deep and then doug has a bunch of money and then like we're just yeah. talking about that Is it that was weird. summary yeah <laughs> so far i have gray hair <laughs> so far i was let's liven it up a little bit i look for i look 40 years older than i am we essentially look like i'm 80 Danny Gray. Cody, what do you got? Oh, dude. <laughs> Cody, what do you got? Danny All Gray. Right. Well, yeah, this comes from the peanut gallery here. Uh, yeah, Cody Pazby, MojoBreak.com. A uh, question for Joe. I did actually want to ask Joe because we're going on now. God, it's almost been 10 years since Levi Stadium opened. And um, I remember the first year of it and that it was kind of like clouded. Like there was just a cloud hanging over everything that year. Mm-hmm. Um, even being in that building, I was working in that building a lot that year, and it just felt tense because of you know. The, I'll 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 set the stage if anyone doesn't remember who wasn't here in the Bay Area during that time. It was the last year of Harbaugh, but we there was some uncertainty about that, and there was reported disagreements from ownership from bulky the there was tension um so much tension. the team underperformed that year after going three straight nfc championship games and everybody yeah. just kind of felt like it was that it was so worse year yeah i was you know i was gonna say like Football. as in terms of like records i'm sure there's you know there's been worse years and there's probably yeah. been better years but like that year to me stands out as like a huge turning point so if you could just kind of take us back to that first year at levi's what was going on because i still feel like there's so much kind of left unanswered about what actually happened that was 2014 um was the first season at levi opened up and there was so much tension between ownership and harbaugh and general manager everything bulky harbaugh did not get along it was known Harbaugh was going into his fourth year, and Harbaugh's—he was an amazing coach, but he also is a unique coach. Obviously, his personality rubs people. You know, he's—he's—he's he's, he's hard to get along with consistently. You know, um, if you're a Harbaugh guy, like you're in his camp, and if you're not, you're very against him. And there was—that was building over like probably the last two years prior to that. Um, there was. I mean, just looking back on that era of 49er football, it was, it was, um, I had never had so many conversations with ownership, with general manager, general management, with head coaches about stuff that did not apply to football at all. You know, it was just like, why am I talking about this? You know, keep it about football. That was the situation that we were in. Um, and then, you know, the stadium opens up. The grass is all messed up. We kind of knew going into it that it wasn't going to be the year that we had had in the prior three. Um, going through training camp, kind of the talent was a little bit down. The guys that we were, you know, relying on were getting a little bit older. You know, just the, the feeling was different. Um, and there was so much going on behind the scenes. And then, 
you know, it just kind of like it got off to a rough, rough start. Um, I don't remember exactly what it, what what it went throughout the season as far as ex- like specifics, but I do remember we had a game against the the Chargers um, late season. It was a Sunday night football game, and we ended up losing that game, and it was like a big turning point because we had heard behind the scenes that Harbaugh was gone after the year. I was a huge Harbaugh fan. I still am a huge Harbaugh fan, and I wanted him, you know, to be there. So we got in this huge argument. There's actually a meme that was going around. I don't know. I have it on my phone of me and him getting this huge argument on the sidelines. Like, I'm cussing him out. He's cussing me out. Um, And I basically was like, you know, fight for your job, man. Like, we need you to feel like you want to be a part of this. Like, this is... This is we have a new stadium. We have an amazing team. Like I came from four different coaches. Like I know the situation, how bad it can be. And I don't want to start that over again at that point in my career. Um, and yeah, and then from that point on, the season just got worse. Uh, we ended up not making the playoffs, and he got fired. Went to Michigan. Everybody knows that story. Um, and then we kind of started over. And exactly what I didn't want to have happen happened. And but that dark cloud, like you said, about Levi Stadium and that whole entire like transition with ownership, the disconnect there um, was 100% true. And it was real for the next probably three or four years. And then, you know, I had a conversation. I was in Houston with Jed um, in the Super Bowl, and he was about to interview Shanahan because Shanahan just had gone. Um, he was getting ready for the Super Bowl against the um, Patriots, the Patriots yeah. that year. And... I, I believe it was then or he was he I don't know if he had interviewed him during that week or was waiting till after the game and I was like you know you have to make this happen like everything I've heard about from a player's side management side like he is the next big thing like he is an unbelievable coach the way that he sees the game you need to whatever you can do try to make this happen and um and he was telling me that, that that was his plan and he was going to do everything he could. And and then since then, when he came in there, that's why I was like so behind Shanahan because I saw the system, saw what he was trying to build, him and John. And it was the first time in my career since probably before Balky and Harbaugh that I felt a connect from the top level down. Hmm. Like ownership, general manager, head coach, support staff, everything was on the same page. And I knew what they were going to build from that point on like we went what 2-14 and 14 his first year I forget we, we didn't win our first game for like 11 weeks but I was like so positive because I just knew I could see the vision the of path. what he was building and the path of what he was building and the second year was awful as well but then that 2019 season was like a surprise to everybody but it wasn't a surprise to people that were in the building and um, and they'll be good for as long as Shanahan's there and John's there and the whole entire system uh, from the top down, as long as they're there, they're going to be unbelievable. So, yeah, that was a long-winded answer to your question. I'm, but, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm glad you said it because, like I said, this has been – the only things I have to build off of are, like, people who are in that building who were, like, the reporters. I don't feel like a lot of people have really come out and been honest about – and what still, actually happened? I would say this: like it's still kind of a weird guys that went through the source it spot, and now were sure. there. It's like it's kind of weird to talk about because you still have you know Jed still there. That was when he was like his first real like 
he started taking over from his dad, from yeah. Dr. York, like started taking over real responsibility. And that was his first kind of go around of being ownership. And so I think for players, it's still weird and kind of, you know, touchy to talk about a little bit. And um, now I have the utmost respect for Jed and what he was able to build there because he really did learn on the job. And I think he would say the same thing, like looking back on that situation, you know, it definitely made him a better owner. Um, I think he learned a ton from that situation. And I think where they're at now, I don't know if he would have been able to really accomplish and understand how it has to all fit together if he didn't go through that situation with Harbaugh and Balky. It kind of had to happen in a weird way. Well, I mean, it was like, you know, the the whole thing with Eddie, right? You know, with and then having to give up the team to his sister. And then I think there was, even before you were there, it was like, uh, what was it like? Oh, they're single-ply toilet paper because they're still paying Steve Young and Jerry Rice and all this other stuff to get out of the cap. And, you know, and then... I will say, when I first got drafted in 2007, and I, you know, I came from small school, Central Michigan, where it was like we had steel lockers. It was nothing of what college football is today and i think you know looking back like going back to central michigan now it's like completely different like it was a, a, essentially like a division two school when like i was step there up from a high school and so sense. then i finally got to central michigan or i finally got to the niners and i got to the nfl and i was like i'm about to live life like it's gonna be like the nfl it's gonna be awesome and it was not that. Like, I was like, I'm then you still walked in into the like, stick. Like, I'm still in <laughs> well, Central Michigan right now. Special, like, it, was, man. it was not what I was expecting at all. Like, I was at least expecting it to be, like, a Big Ten school. Have and, you actually been to? they have made, God bless, I mean, the facilities now are unbelievable. Did you um, ever go to Candlestick as a uh, fan? Did you ever go no, to that I've place? I've never been to California. No, I mean, like, I mean. Before I got drafted. Because no. they had troughs to piss in. I've actually, no. Okay, so, no. But I, everything I've heard about, so I loved, I would look at, like, looking at Levi, someone that played in both stadiums, as a player, I loved Candlestick. Yeah. Loved it. Like, it was the best place to play. Um, the energy that was there, everything was so great. But hearing from my family, friends, people that were, like, actually witnessing the game. Mm-hmm. The reason why it was so great and there was such amazing energy because no one could leave. It's exactly your point. Like <laughs> no one would leave their seats because it was like I'm not going to go sit in line for 45 minutes to sit and piss in a trough. I'll just hold it or pee where I'm at and <laughs> just <laughs> sit in the stands. <laughs> no, I, like, mean, I mean it, honestly, like my friends would like bring huge ass, like huge water bottles in the, in the front. Can confirm. The Can they confirm. Bring, they would bring like <laughs> huge water bottles and pee in it yeah. in the whole game because they were like, I'm not going to go, I'm going to miss a whole quarter if I go take a pee in the yeah. stadium. Um, but I, it, it, I did you know, not like Levi's because the energy was all wrong. It was so different than what Candlestick was. It took a while to get there. I mean, we had the we we've been to twenty or thirties. I don't even know how many years straight, and we would tailgate at Candlestick, and that was like the best. Even though it was a dump, yeah. it was just like the atmosphere and the like the nostalgia and you know being out. I would go with my dad a lot. There was no one else, no nowhere else to be. I mean, it right. was a stadium and everybody. It took a long time to get in there. And, and you couldn't you leave either. There, yeah, you couldn't leave. So it was like it did take a there, long time to get in there. And if you left, you you kind of almost hope that the oh, it's you know fourth quarter, eight minutes left. It's they're not going to catch up. We can go because if well, it was why, like down why to not the wire, up? why why wouldn't why would he not be ahead? No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the other team's not catching okay, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah there's um, some lean years. Yeah, <laughs> so it's because if you stay for the whole game, then you're going to tailgate again for three hours. 
Because you're yeah. like, there's no point of getting in that as, line. We would do that as players. I mean, after the game was done, we would sit. That was one of the things I loved about it, too, because there was like a player's lot that we had right outside the locker room. And we would stay there. Everybody would because exactly that. Like, you couldn't get out there anyways. Yeah. And you would just sit in line for two hours. So it's like, all right, let's just let the traffic die down. And we would all tailgate after the game. One way in, one way out. That was the best, though. Yeah. I missed that. And I tried to bring it back in, in, uh, at Levi's. It was like... Everybody's leaving right away. Yeah, because, I mean, A... You have your own exit back Traffic's there. Yeah. good. You have your own exit. And also, I mean, they got better, way better with security and stuff. So it was like, you know, if you wanted to leave, you had like an escort that would take you out of the you know traffic to get out on the highway and stuff. And... I would try, like, when we first started opening up in 2014, I would try to emulate what we had at, at Candlestick and was like, hey, no, we're, you know, we're bringing in a caterer, we're bringing barbecue, we're, we're partying after the after the game, let's, like, unwind for a little bit, let's all hang out, families, everybody. And it was just like, people would just walk by and be like, no, I'm out of here. And kind of sucked. My job's, that's do, my why, job's like, done here today. I'm out. Maybe that's yeah. why we, we weren't very good for five next years that we had <laughs> yeah it took a little we while for that stadium to like get some age to it you know what i mean like yeah. I, I felt it i mean even living right there you know it's like i finally felt like the last couple years where the energy was back to where it was at, at candlestick because even I think candlestick with, with bad years there'd still be energy i think there, with you know? it, oh, but yeah. there was so much history there right i think with any new stadium well they priced you out to, everybody you need to have yeah. you need to have those years that are fond memories to build off of right when you candlestick yeah, exactly that. Candlestick had the guys and the gals that were in the families that were lifelong season ticket holders from Kizar, from the stadium in the city. That would yep. just well, there was so much history. Like you're all this is. They like, remember the like, 80s. They the, ca- the, 90s. the catch was here. Yeah. The catch yeah. was here. Like you could basically you walk in, you're like, this is. There's been so much history that's happened at this event. All three catches were there, I think. Right? The you know they have catch two, catch kick, yeah, catch one, three. Two, three. Yep. What's ca- with, I'm not catch know. one is I know uh, Dwight, Clark. Dwight catch, Clark catch two is catch Terrell two, Owens, Terrell Owens. Yep. And catch three was the Vernon Davis Vernon Alex Davis. Smith that Saints we won the game I, would, I wouldn't have got that one that was an amazing that was like I wouldn't, everybody always asks what's my favorite memory of in the NFL and that by far that game the it's last like five minutes, minutes of yeah. that game there was I think four or five touchdowns scored in the last five minutes um, I mean they still like NFL will still put that out as like an all-time game. Yeah, you know, it's one of the greatest moments being in that moment. And one of the cool things too, and it was like, I'm going to go down a tangent right now, but <laughs> one of the things that I'm so happy to see was the way that Alex Smith's career kind of unfolded after he left the Niners, because knowing the human being that he was. Obviously, wish that he never had the leg injury and everything, but knowing the human being that he was and how much work that he put into being the best quarterback, I always felt like he got a he got a brutal he got a brutal shake of situation that he was put in. You know, there was when when he got there in two thousand five, there was no talent on that roster. No offense to anybody that was on that roster, but there was absolutely zero talent, and there was nothing around him. And he always got compared to Aaron Rodgers and the way his career went. Um, but he was just the utmost, like, professional, amazing human being. And he really transformed that franchise around by the time that he left. Um, he was unbelievable. And that game, I remember vividly, 
We were there because it was it was tight. We, we were at the we were we at ran the, game. the we ran the the bubble around the around the end uh, the the little like quarterback sweep around the end. I cut down the safety, and he scored. And we went to the sideline thinking that was it. Like our defense was number one defense in the league that year. One? Yeah, and we're like, all right, this game's over. They're gonna get a three and out, or they're gonna you know stop them. And then they scored. The Saints scored. And so I remember the, the the sideline was absolutely deflated because we're like it took everything we had to score in that moment with two minutes left. Every single person like we had belief, but it was also it was like so deflating when that when that moment happened when the Saints scored and Alex was the first one that was up and down. He was like, he's like, this is gonna be the best moment of our lives. Like he was just going down to everybody, being like, just like. There was zero, zero doubt that we were going to go out there and score. And he got everybody on the sideline believing, and we got pumped everybody up. And I remember in the huddle, we would we would break on the huddle, or we would get together on the sideline before we would go out for the first game, for the first snap. And we're sitting there, and with the offense, he was just like the confidence that he had in every single person around him, and that moment to like rise to it and feel the energy that he was feeling in that moment was was something I'll never forget. And I, I think about, like, that's the reason why, for me, that was the most important game and the most exciting game is because of that moment on the sideline that we had with Alex, not because of the moments that we had in the field and the way that it ended for us, but it was like the true leadership. seeing yeah. the leadership in that moment um, really play out and knowing everything that he's gone through and what he went through you know, before and then also after his career. Um, is a moment that I'll never forget as a as a player. Yeah, we were at Lodi. We were at the game where it was a tie where he got hurt when the year that Cap came in. Was that thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, against the Rams where he got concussion. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah, and it, it ended in a tie, which yeah. is the worst thing when you're and talking crap to your buddy. And about, you know, I remember, the game. I think the, the the Rams missed a field goal in overtime. This is when you would kick a field goal, you'd win the game. It was first. It was Greg score. the leg too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then the Niners missed a field goal, and I was like, "There's." I mean, it seems like there's been more ties since then, but like back then, I was like, it's the only one I'm all, witnessed, ga- yeah. I remember that. This can't end in a tie." I remember we were going out after the the post game handshake, and it was the first. I think that was the first tie that I had been a part of, and I was like, I was going at the players, and I was like, "What? What do we do? Like, do we feel good about this? <laughs> like, how do we feel about this? Like, this it's is like a weird. half point. This is awkward, yeah. Yeah. Cody, you have any more of those?" Uh, Hard questions? No. Well, the only other one I wanted to ask, Harbaugh is like a guy that's just like, just only what, three years with the team and he makes such a, four years with the team, four made years. such an indelible mark. And like, I went to a lot of press conferences during that era where he would, like, they were sort of notorious. Like the way he interacted with the media and like, it was, it was like, really funny at times, but also so strange to, like, almost foreign to people, I think, that don't, aren't consuming football playing football doing football 24 hours a day like as their job like he is so in like like it is absolutely everything it feels like in his life is football he consumes it dreams about it all that um so i just want to know like your favorite like off the field jim harbaugh memory whether it be the funniest thing he ever did or the weirdest thing the perfect way i mean yeah you encapsulated it he's he's an incredibly unique person um, he is. I mean, he's just like a lifer football football guy. You know, as a player, um, you know, his dad was a coach forever. He grew up in that kind of environment and family. And I would say, like, the perfect way that I can encapsulate his personality was 
we had a moment. He was always a guy that would come in the so off the field we have a we have a cafeteria and everybody eats and you get your food you go sit down and it was always like a big thing like he brought it up like you know sit with people that aren't your position group like he didn't want to go in there and see a bunch of offensive linemen sitting together a bunch of tbs sitting together a bunch of linebackers sitting together like he wanted everybody to mingle and and that was great like it was brought us closer as a team and all that stuff but then he would also get his meals and then he would just like intermingle with different people's conversations so i remember one time sitting down and he sat down at our table that we were at and you know those conversations are always just like you know you're shooting the shit and you're telling stories and you're just you know it is what it is like it's just like it's a bunch of high school kids that are at the lunch table the same way that's the way you talk and so i'm telling a story and he's sitting at the table and we get to the punchline of the story like i'm telling a funny story i get to the punchline table like erupts in laughter and jim i remember the moment is sitting across from me and he's stone-faced like the whole time i hit the i hit the punchline he's just stone-faced like no laughing just staring at me i'm like shit I hope I didn't offend him with what I said or what like that. And then I would say probably 10 seconds after everybody like died down and the conversation came back and someone else was taken on, he erupted. Like it took him 10 seconds. He erupted in laughter. Like it just went through his head. Yeah, but he was just looking at me and, and staring at me and like where it made me uncomfortable that I was like, like looking oh, into your shoot. soul. Like, <laughs> Hopefully I didn't like offend them or anything. And then everybody else moved on and everybody had the moment. And then someone else was telling a story. And then in the middle of someone else's story, he just erupted in laughter and he was like, ah, so that's like a perfect encapsulation of his personality. Like he was, a, he's a tick off, you know, but I loved him for it. And he was an amazing coach. And, um, that would probably be like one of my, <laughs> just unique stories that I have of Harbaugh. I think it, it also kind of speaks to like something I always noticed about him was it feels like he will always, he, he did always have that like five or s- 10 second pause to kind of like yeah. take it all in, kind of formulate the answer, whatever, or formulate the thought. You know who he reminds me a lot of uh, as far as personality? And I think, and I, I say this in an endearing way, is Mike McDaniel the head coach for the Dolphins. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So being being with him as an offensive coordinator for the, for the Niners for how long he was there for the three, three years that we were together, his personality is a lot that way where it's, like, very authentic and he's not going to change and it rubs some people the wrong way and some people it's endearing and he's, he's not going to change and he's authentically him. And it just works, you know, mm-hmm. like for me. But it also, it's the same way. I understand why it, like, you know, rubbed ownership and it rubbed, you know, bulky and it rubbed other people the wrong way because it is. It's like, it's weird. But <laughs> I thought of it as endearing because um, I, I appreciated that about him. It was like, he's not going to change. Confidence. He's, not, he's yeah. not BSing anybody. Yeah. You know, um, and McDaniel's that same way. You know, he's that same kind of coach where he's he could rub people the wrong way and you could get in a situation where you're like, what the heck is he talking about? Um, but I think as players, you you respect someone that's just going to be authentic. One more quick add on before I move into maybe yeah, a, a I funny question. Yeah, I can't wait question. for those questions. Um, 
Jim Schwartz, were you in that mix when that happened? At that, I was, and that actually, was that's one of the funniest football moments I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Harbaugh, Harbaugh and Schwartz apparently had some beef um, <laughs> personally. I think before that, uh, I don't know the actual story, um, but he took, you know, he took he took it some certain way that he was like <laughs> posturing on him with that handshake and. Um, I was not involved in that. I was actually already in the tunnel. We were, in, ah. uh, yeah, we were in Ford Field, and I was walking up the tunnel, and I remember just like a commotion behind me, and players were coming up and was like talking about it, like, "Oh man, can you see like they've got a fight? Like it was amazing. <laughs> like there's a fight back there. Holy hell, yeah!" Like everybody was like super pumped up, but I wasn't a part of that. Um, but he, I mean, Harbaugh also like he loved that. Like he he owned that. What was it? What's you know, your deal? He was like, right? he was yeah, like, he was deal? like. After no. the fact, he was like, yeah, I didn't back down. Yeah, we were ready to go. What's your deal was... What were you actually going to do? You yeah. Know? yeah. What's your deal was Pete, was Pete Carroll? Oh, that's right. Stanford. That's right. Yeah, that was that was Stanford. And then, of course, the two cross paths in the other yeah. All right. This is a would you rather. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be able to put this one out there, but we'll see. Would you rather give up sex for a year or your cell phone for a year? Uh, cell phone for a year. I would never give up sex. Cell phone? <laughs> Dude, I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't stand my cell phone. It's not even for me, is it? <laughs> I mean, the question not for me. For your, I mean, that's not even a question. Who would say the opposite? I, I think I'm thinking sex? about get. I'm thinking about getting rid of my cell phone anyway. That'd be great. It's true. We could all use a break from our cell phones. Yeah, that's not even a question. Beforehand, like, a no-brainer right there. As long as you, beforehand, just Google active pay phones. Just find the one or two that are still left in your city, and you're you're set. Not even pager, no. pager, pagers. Yeah, yeah. just get a pager. Get a pager. Pager Try code. I still know it. What's up? Would you rather accidentally laugh loudly at a funeral or fart while giving a speech at a wedding? Um, okay, fart at giving a speech in a wedding? I, I would I would rather do that. I think fart, I just just for the comedic value. Yeah, laughing at a funeral. Tough, laughing right? at a funeral, you never come out good. No. Where, like, if you're giving a speech at a wedding and fart, like, that's definitely well, something. Well, people are already do. in a pretty good mood, right? At the wedding? Yeah, yeah. Like, and you can use it, you know. As comedic banter. Yeah, know, to like, the best man. Yeah. yeah. Blow one out. Oh, would you rather... Sorry. Would you, Blow one out. Would you rather spend a year living in a nudist colony or within the Amish community? Um, <laughs> actually, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I would spend a year... Okay. I would say uh, nudist colony for yeah, sure. Yeah, it seems easier, right? Yeah. Less rules. Amish, dude. No, I mean, I'm, I'm actually like... I would say if you're like to really take that seriously... It would be very interesting. I think just for the life experience, very interesting to live in the Amish community. But I think it would be way more fun if you're if you're just naked. Yeah, well, I, my I, question I, is: Is it going to be a controlled temperature? You know, like is it going to be? It's got to be on a beach, right? No, but everybody's everybody's dealing with the same thing. That's true. That's true. I would. I. I actually like. I would find it interesting the Amish community. Yeah. I think I'd like that. Yeah. You're a never nude, right? I'm a never nude. So. I'm, a big, I'm a big naked guy. <laughs> There's dozens of us. I love being naked. What would be the absolute worst name you could give your child? <laughs> Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he didn't even didn't even hesitate on that. That's, yeah, I mean, that's probably the worst, right? If you could I think like if you named your kid Adolf or anything like that, like that definitely is like a oh you're an asshole. Yeah. There's some ethnic names too, like uh, in the uh, Vietnamese community, the the, the P H U K or P H U C. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a. Te- I don't think they 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 know Fook. though. Yeah. Fook. 
Fook. Translate. Just go Peter. Um, you know, at that point. Yeah, yeah I, Adolf. Not a not a name that I don't yeah, think, I think has been used. I, no, I don't know. No, I think mean, it's, it's the number used. one worst name. It's been used. Yeah. I mean, unless and you're like, people out there that are named Adolf. Are they? Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it's, this then is you go a, Dolph. This is an Adolf level, but I remember there was like a trend. Uh, it, I think it's ended now, but of like people naming their kids ESPN, like Espen. I remember yeah. that being what? like a thing in like the 2000s. I'm like, who's doing that? Why would you curse that child with that name? Why would you do that? What would be the equivalent to girls Karen now? Um, <laughs> I think Karen. Well, is, well, I don't well, think well, Karen well. is Karen's on not, the same not level as Adolf. Quite Adolf, no. but, but but there's not yeah. really a female name that's really like. No, oh. we can name your kid. A, you name your daughter um, Adolphia. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? Dan can think about this one too. Um, okay, so I would say just based off of usage, um, Instagram I would probably keep. Um, uh, maps, like navigation. Um, okay. And then like Trulia. What? Trulia. What's, what's that? Uh, Trulia is like uh, like the. The real estate. I, oh, I, just, I, I like, like, like Zillow. Yeah, it's like Zillow, yeah. or, you know, Redfin or. Let's get on. I thought I was the one. With I the like. Uh, I got going there all the time. I don't know why. I'm the same as you. Like I just look at houses. Yeah, I do. I do. I do I that too. Like, what about you? What would you? You get rid of all of them, huh? Well, I'd get all, rid of all the social media ones for sure. I'd, out of here uh banking personal banking one i'd need yeah would you I mean, yeah you bank? need that yeah i didn't think about that yeah, um good mode I, and that probably like e-trade probably falls under that so anything like personal finance i'd, mm. I'd probably keep i'd probably, probably keep ebay and i don't know why i'd and, probably keep eBay. and maps because i probably use that the most maps yeah but you have in your car now so you could probably do it i don't my car's old, dude. I don't. I don't have a sick whip like you guys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> your car is definitely not a sick whip. It's not a sick whip. No, your car stinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got that extra money, you know. Yeah. So, um, who would play you in a movie? Um, Dolph Lundgren. No. <laughs> probably Rob Riggle. Okay. I can see it. Dan, who would play you? Actually, have Joe answer. Who would play us? Um, oh, okay. Dan, okay. Oh, like <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. That's that's good though, right? It's good. I mean, that's it's just because you're really tiny, and he was like five five. I I'm I, okay. I'm like five seven. It's almost almost average height. That's heavy, man. Slightly slightly below. Did you just hear what you just said? Yeah, slightly below. No, I decided almost average height. Almost average height. Almost average. What's the almost average height average. of a of a uh, what's the Little average height of a man? Five, in my circle, five. probably six. In your circle, <laughs> well, come on, seven six, three. <laughs> in Joe's circle, yeah, blessed with those genetics. So I'm a small man in your circle, then. Um. So yeah, Doug. Um. Five nine, by the way. Seth Rogen. Okay, I'll take that. We'd have a Seth Rogen, Michael, Michael J. J. Fox, and Rob Riggle. <laughs> and what, about, what about Cody over there? Cody. Doug. Um, <laughs> Doug. Doug or Doug would play me. Actually, no, you would be a Seth Rogen. Yeah, he's got more <laughs> beard than me. Yeah. I'll, Actually, I'll yeah, I think Seth Rogen for sure for you. I'll take Rogen. Doug. 
Let me look at you. Hold on. I'm going to judge you right Deep now. Deep in my soul. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anybody right now. I've been compared to Kevin Smith before. Yes. That's a good, that's a good call right there. Kevin Smith. Unfortunately. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Um, also, Kevin yeah, James. Kevin, Smith, Kevin James. Kevin yes. James. Based Any, on facial. Anybody else named Kevin? Expressions. I like Kevin Smith for Kevin you. Smith. I like Seth Rogen for Cody. Michael J. Michael Fox. Michael J. Fox. A thousand percent for you. Yeah. And Rob Riggle. And then Rob Riggle. Thanks again to Joe Staley for joining us for that interview. That was a lot of fun. Hope you guys had fun listening to it. If you liked hearing from Joe, we're going to be hearing from him a lot more as we get a little closer to the Nationals. So stay tuned for that and of course guys if you're going to be at the national once again join us for the big karaoke party at the national and it's not just karaoke if you don't feel like singing don't worry about it we have so much food drink giveaway special guest appearances make sure to rsvp the link is in our social medias go now rsvp and spots are going fast guys so get in on it while you can. And, of course, join the karaoke party. Why not? It's going to be fun. We're going to give stuff away. We're going to have hobby influencers there, a, a star-studded panel of judges. Going to be a lot of fun. And just across the street at the Hilton in Rosemont, you just take that bridge from the National to the Hilton, and you can join us for a really fun night. Thursday, July 27th, that is going to be the night for the party go in RSVP and thanks so much for listening to this edition of the hype. We'll be back next week. Full strength. Doug will be back with us and make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and of course go to mojobreak.com. Mojobreakshop.com is your home for sealed wax. Mojobreak.com your home for breaks for Doug, for Dan, for C-Rat. I'm Cody. We will catch you next week on the hype.